Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast and Happy New Year, aka Tuesday or whatever day it is. I barely know what day it is, but apparently it's a new year. It is now 2021. Hooray. Fantastic. I don't know. Everybody seems so excited. Why? It's, uh, I mean, great, whatever. It's a clean slate. No, it's still a pandemic, still quarantine, pandemic, lockdown, revolution. Anyway, let's get this podcast started. How fucking dare you? Anyway, welcome to the show. So what used to be uh, a, a podcast where I would interview people and have guests on the show and we would have tangential conversations about love, life, fulfillment, spirals, insecurity, love, all the stuff has now turned into basically an advice-giving show. It's turned into an advice-driven show where you, the listeners, whoever you are out there, wherever you are out there, you send me your emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. You can also send me voice notes, by the way. Go to your smartphone, record yourself speaking, and then email that voice note or voice memo or whatever you want to call it, email that to me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And that's what this show is now. All right. It's like, uh, it's my version of Loveline. I am playing the part of the big sister that you never knew you needed or wanted. Uh, I am an only child with a lot of love to give. I've gone through everything. So you don't have to, I've suffered so much and had so many internal meltdown, emotional spirals filled with suffering and shame. And uh, here I am today, happier than I've ever been in my entire life. And that's saying a lot considering it's a fucking pandemic, quarantine, lockdown, revolution. All right? Anyway, uh, so here we are. You know what the show's about. You know what the show uh, entails, what it is, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. So I was having a hard time getting this most recent, this very episode you're listening to right now. I was very having a very hard time getting this episode out. Why? Because I, a lot of reasons, if you must know. Because I was in a mood, because I was procrastinating. I have a really awful thing that I do, and that thing is procrastinating. It's one of my least favorite uh, things about myself is that I'm a procrastinator and I put things off to the last minute and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then I usually record this show very late at night and I was, you know, I feel like, oh, I have to be inspired. I have to be in a mood. I've got to be in the perfect mood to record this podcast so everything goes according to plan and it's just like, you know, magic, baby. And then I end up just like getting exhausted and I'm like, I can't do this. And then... Maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you people, maybe you all out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, can relate to this. During this time in the world, during this global pandemic, if you will, um, my mood changes on a day-to-day basis. And it's not always good. I am in the best mood I've ever been in my entire life overall, but on a day-to-day basis... And don't tell me you can't relate to this because I know you can. But some days I'm like, every day blurs into the next. I'm like, what day is it? It's what? what? It's been two weeks since that last thing? Holy fucking shit. And then I find myself, uh, you know, because I'm a professional quarantiner. I love the quar lifestyle. 
I am happy to oblige, uh, you know, keeping people safe, keeping myself safe. I love to stay in. I can email, I can text, I can voice note, I can go on Instagram, by the way, if we're not friends on Instagram, I don't know why that is. We should become friends immediately. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. My Instagram is at Alexi Wasser. I hope I'm not parched. Anyway, whatever. Maybe this is some kind of sexual, soothing ASMR vibe. Find me on Instagram. If you dare. At Alexi Wasser. Anyway, so I haven't been releasing an episode. Like, I had the strict idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release an episode a week. I'm back. I took a year and a half off or a year or so hiatus. And now I'm back, baby. And I'm going to release an episode every week. Every single, you know, every whatever on the same day of every week. And then uh, sometimes, yeah. I don't feel inspired. I find myself in bed till 2 p.m. Getting shit done. Not necessarily the podcast, but getting shit done, talking to friends, scrolling, 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 scrolling down every wormhole that exists on the internet. Online shopping with money I don't have and should not be spending. And I'm in bed till like 2 p.m., 4 p.m. It's, it's different day to day. It's different day to day. So today I thought, you know what? If I don't fucking just get up, put my pants on. Well, hold on. Let me, re- let me backtrack. If I don't just get up, have my can of coffee, take my 30 milligrams of Prozac, which is what I take on a daily basis, a 20 milligram tablet and a 10 milligram. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. None of your goddamn business. How fucking dare you again? Um, get up, drink my can of coffee, have my Prozac, drink another can of coffee, take my midday bath, my bubble bath, coconut, Epsom salt bath, put some clothes on, walk into my living room and plop right down on the couch and record a podcast. Like that's, I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I got to make myself do it because if I don't, I'll never do it. And, uh, so I'm just giving you the behind the scenes on what's going on with me. So here we are together, you know, doing what we can to walk through the dreary day to day of pandemic quarantine living, riding the roller coaster of a pandemic, surfing the waves of a pandemic, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Anyway, so here we are. So please forgive me, and I must forgive myself, for not being as diligent and rigorous with my podcasting turnout. But we're here now, and thank you for all the emails everyone has sent in. And oh my goodness, um, I'm having a blast on my Instagram, by the way. I'm like loving like storing. I'm so addicted to storing. For me, I'm just going to say it. Instagram, it's my favorite thing to do. That's my art form. I love talking. For me, conversations with people, the art of conversation. I believe conversation is an art form. Talking, speaking, communicating is a form of art. That's my medium. I love it. And I love, I don't care what you think, but that's what I think. That's what I know. Anyway, so I love, I love Insta-storying. I've been loving posting my thoughts and feelings because finally, for the first time in a long time or in forever, social media, Instagram at least, because I deleted my, uh, my Facebook, thank God, even though Instagram is owned by Facebook, and I deactivated my Twitter. 
for the first time, social media is doing exactly, and it provides a, an outlet and is doing exactly what it, it needs. It's, it's, it's intended to do. Keep us connected. So what a luxury to be able to have that kind of outlet and way of connecting with other people and making new friends because I've been making so many new friends and having lovely friendships with men and women on Instagram. It's just, anyway, it makes me very happy. So I'll see you there. Look forward to DMing with you. I love DMing with strangers at Alexi Wasser. Anyway, and then I also felt like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I, you know, I'm, I'm force myself, maybe too strong, but yes, force myself to fucking walk into my living room and plop down and podcast. Um, I also thought, what a great day to do it. Maybe today is the perfect day and it's all divine timing and uh, magical and exactly the way it's meant to be because so much in pop culture news. This is not a predominantly pop culture podcast. It's a, it's a mishmash of, you know, eventually me reading your emails and I swear to God, if you talk to me like that one more time, I, I will, I will do nothing. I will just take it. Um, anyway, this is, it's a mishmash of me giving advice and having like conversations with you, the listeners into the ether while I'm just referring to your emails and pretending you're here with me and that we're consoling each other and helping one another out. But anyway, but there is a bit, a bit of uh, pop culture to be spoken about. And I'm going to talk about it. I can't believe it. Kim and Kanye West split up today. Long time coming, maybe. But maybe I'm naive. Let me try to pronounce that correctly. That's not a COVID throat clear, I promise. Hold on. Maybe I'm naive. And I can be. As far as plastic surgery is concerned. And pop culture couples and the Kardashians, which are all, all kind of intertwined, all those things kind of intertwined. Anyway, I always thought they were a perfect couple. I was so happy that they got together, warmed my heart. I liked them together, his intense bipolar intensity, his music, well, interfering with the election. That was irritating. That was actually very, very irresponsible and irritating. But his mental health issues. It's a blessing and a curse. It's what makes his art so incredible. Anyway, whatever. I've come to love Kim Kardashian. She's a businesswoman. She's hot as fuck. She's, uh, you know, got staying power. Whatever. I like all the shows. I love all the Real Housewives shows and I love the Kardashian shows. I said it. I love Vanderpump Rules. I love shows. I love TV like that. Yes, maybe it's trash, but to me, I will say I love Real Housewives because, and I said this to some guy I was messaging with on a dating app and he never responded to this, but uh, here's what I said. He was like, how can you like those shows? And I was like, because I love The Real Housewives because it, it shows the tenacity and the perseverance and staying power and strength uh, and the existence of women over a certain age. And I think that's important to see that. And it makes me feel less alone Makes me feel like, oh my goodness, like I'm, I'm still vital and vibrant after a certain, you know, when I get to a certain age and this, that, and the other, and you can still be sexy and invigorated and excited about life and sexual and working and, um, yeah. 
after a certain age because it's like you're not dead at 30 if you're a woman. You're not dead at 40. You're not dead at 50. You're not dead at 60. I do love following women on Instagram who are like in their 70s, 80s, 90s, hundreds even because, uh, you know, as long as they're... I like seeing women keeping it together, wearing a little bit of red lipstick. I don't, I don't want to say sassy, being sassy, but I just like uh, it's important to have representation of all different types of women of all different ages existing and thriving and still being relevant in the world. So anyway, that's more a housewife situation, not so much a Kardashian situation, but I also am an only child, so I uh, maybe, maybe I enjoy watching the Kardashians because I'm like, wow, what a huge family. Wish I had a huge family. Plus, they're gazillionaires, and their mom works so hard for them. Uh, what a momager. Anyway, so they split up. Also, I don't know if this is true or not, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles dating. Ten-year age difference. Olivia's older. Love it. think it's very hot. I don't know what's going on. It could be true. Might not be true. I think it's hot as fuck. She's directing uh, a movie that he's starring in. I think she's acting in it too, or maybe just directing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm into it. And last but not least of pop culture breakups and makeups and get-togethers and hot sex romantic situations or whatever, uh, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz and her hot husband whose name escapes me. I think it's Carl and his last name starts with a G, but who cares? Zoe Kravitz and her hot husband have split up. Why? Why are they getting a divorce? I want to know. I thought, I think he's so hot, but I'm also, but I'm into men, but God, she's fucking hot as fuck. Am I cursing too much? I'm trying not to, and I'm failing. Anyway. So they split up. I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, I feel like I can't even have a crush on him now that he's single because I think she's so cool. I'm thinking, well, whatever happened, I'm on her side. And I don't know either of these people. I don't know them at all. I just think I adore Zoe Kravitz. So I wish them both well. I don't know what's going to go on moving forward, but I don't know. There's like some kind of rumor she was dating Channing Tatum a little too soon, and I don't think it's true, and everybody needs to chill the fuck out and calm down. And I never say chill out, ever. Anyway... I'm going to read the emails, I promise. I'm going to do the, do it right now, I am. Um, I have the heater on at full blast in the studio. And by studio, I mean my living room. I think it's affecting my plants. Somebody tried to neg me on one of my... Um, I'm doing this thing. I feel like I found my, my niche. Is that it? Niche? Uh where I made a video and I referred to myself as like the neurotic thirst trapper and I was wearing lingerie and I'm like, I kind of feel like this fits me. Like this is not the lingerie, but that too. But I feel like, oh, this is my zone. Like I overthink things. I think deeply. I feel deeply about stuff. I never shut the fuck up. I enjoy that about myself. Uh, I think of every aspect of everything and see everything from every angle. And I'm so self-aware but, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm also a woman who is sexual. And so, you know, I'm on a thirst trap too, baby. So I posted this thing and I entitled it, you know, the neurotic thirst trapper. And this guy was like, your plant doesn't look like it's doing too well. And I was like, wow, what a neg. 
I put myself out there in lingerie and he chooses to pick on me by uh, attacking my plant. And I, I, I got sensitive about it. I was like, oh my God. First of, all, first of all, I was like, what an asshole. He's trying to be mean to me. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't even care really what he said. I, I always get upset when I'm like, because I'm like, the issue for me is why? Why would they want to be mean? What is that all about? Why would they want to potentially hurt me, hurt my feelings? Anyway, and then I was like, well, maybe this is helpful. I tried to see, <laughs> I tried to see, yeah, and I'm telling you, too many thoughts, which is, thank God I'm meditating. Can you imagine if I, if I were not meditating? It would be a lot louder up there. It's already loud. Anyway, but I'm not suffering anymore. I used to be suffering so much all the time, internally suffering, just like miserable. Now I'm not miserable. Now I'm cozy at home, either in my bed or on my couch, podcasting or not podcasting, but psychically driven to podcast. I'm disappointed in myself when I don't. Tell me if you even care. If you listen to the show, listen, give me a cyber hug. I'll give you one right back. I need, I need it right now. If you like the show, if you like, if you love, if you like, if you enjoy the Love Alexi podcast. I'm going to say all the things you have to say, but I have a bigger bigger point. I'm going to say all the things you have to say when you have a podcast, that is. If you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, tell anybody and everybody you know uh, virtually. Don't like tell them in person because that's dangerous because it's a pandemic. And... Let me know on Instagram if you're listening to the show and or you want to say something about it and story about it, tag me and I'll repost it. That makes my day because I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you give a fuck. I don't know if you like this show. I don't know if you care if I continue doing it or not. So let me know and that will be a cyber hug for me and um, hopefully me reading the emails, which I will get to. God, calm down. Back off. Um and hopefully me reading the emails is like me giving you a cyber hug right back. And maybe this entire podcast is a cyber hug for you. So anyway, that's news and pop culture. I, you, you know what I need emotionally as far as a cyber hug. If you like the show and you want to donate to the show, oof, that would be incredible. That's another way to support the show since this is my full-time job, which is, again, how can I ask you to support the show and donate to the show if I'm not putting out a podcast on a weekly basis? You can donate to the show via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And um, I'll tell you more stuff later, but first, let's get to your emails. All right. a sip of tea because I want to get revved up with my milky sugar infused. That's another thing. I'm so addicted to sugar because I don't drink anymore. And when people stop drinking, I haven't had alcohol in like over a year, but I heard and I know from experience as of late, when you stop drinking, you start craving sugar more because there's so much sugar in alcohol. I mean, not I, whatever. Anyway, so I feel like oof, if you looked at my, my cupboards, there's like Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal, sugar in my freezer that I put in my tea 
not always my coffee, but always my tea. So I have like English breakfast tea with half and half and three spoonfuls of sugar. I bought donuts this week, cookies, because sometimes another thing to like, for me, like my version of, I can't stand the phrase self-care, but like sometimes I won't even have an appetite. I'll just be living my life. And then I'll be like, why am I so low blood sugar? Why am I so moody? Oh, I haven't eaten. It's four or 5 PM and I've not eaten yet. So, and then I like don't have an appetite because I've gone so long without eating. So for me, what I do is I'll, I'll buy, I do buy some healthy things. I do. But then I also make sure to have sweet treats in my cupboard and in my refrigerator and fun things that I can whip up really quickly that are very exciting for me to eat because I, I'll, if I lose my appetite and I'm starving, but I've lost my appetite, but I'm low blood sugar and moody, I can only eat something that like really gets my attention. That makes me like super happy where I'm like, oh my God, of course I, I'll eat this no matter what. And then I eat it and my blood sugar goes up. Wait, is that right? Yeah, it goes up. And I'm like, ooh, thank God I ate something. Thank God I forced myself to eat that fun thing that I got at Trader Joe's. Um, so anyway, I'm going to take a sip of my tea. Okay. Hi, Lexi. My name is Kim. I've listened to you since the early 2000s and you've helped me out once before in regards to what I should do for my 21st birthday. Nine years and one baby later, I need advice on what to do about my current situation at work. I have a great job that pays very well for very little work. However, I still overextend myself. I will work at different locations to offer staffing support. I've invested my own money to buy cleaning supplies for my job. I will come in on my days off. I've dealt with horrible employees and have done more than my fair share of overtime. Why? Because I love my job and respect the people I work for. Recently, I had a one-on-one -on -one Zoom meeting with my boss, and at the end of the call, they asked me they asked me if I had any questions. So I asked them a question that I should have known the answer to, but I recently got back from a 5-month maternity leave, so a lot of what I've learned is sort of fuzzy in my memory. They answered my question and we ended the call. However, I heard their voice at the end of the video call, the mic was still on, and they proceeded to tell whoever was in the room with them that I have no idea what I'm doing. They're surprised I've made it this far and that I should have been embarrassed to have asked such a simple question. This is the boss that interviewed, hired, and trained me. I didn't want to hear any more of what they had to say, so I ended the call altogether, and I'm assuming they noticed uh, that they noticed that. So they sent a text that said, sorry, you had a hard time figuring out what you needed help with. Hope it's resolved now. No acknowledgement of what they said or what happened. I feel betrayed because I love my job and had a huge amount of respect for my boss. I'm trying not to take it personally, but now I don't feel comfortable asking them for help or even interacting with them. And now I don't feel the excitement I did when coming to work, um, when coming to work now. They completely ruined a good thing for me. Now I doubt myself and my efforts and feel foolish for investing so much into this job just to find out my boss thinks I'm completely unqualified. Fortunately for me, I have intentions of leaving within the next couple of months. I'm moving out of town. And so now I'm not sure how to leave on good terms while still wanting my boss to know that I heard what they said and it affected me. I need a reference letter and now I don't know how to approach the situation. 
I really want to mention what happened, but I also don't want to create work tension when I'm relying on a decent reference letter to land my next job. Any advice is so, uh, would be so appreciated, Alexi. Thank you for being the big sister we all need. Best, Kimberly. Oh, well, you know what? I had a lot, a lot of thoughts and feelings while reading this. First of all, thank you for your email. Now, at first I was thinking, oh, yeah, you should, th- you should do this, that, and the other. Now that I know you're already planning on leaving and you want that reference letter, get the reference letter first, okay? I say, keep your head down, metaphorically speaking. Do your job. Be calm, cool, collected. And I'm not saying that trying to be some like, you know, a woman who's actually misogynist, who's like speaking, saying what a man would say, but I'm not trying, I don't want to give the impression I've internalized misogyny because that's also like something that exists in the world with, uh, anyway, with women where they can be like the worst to other women because they've got all these weird thoughts and ideas about women that they learn from the patriarchy. There I said it. Anyway. but I think let's get kind of calculated in a cool way. So you do your thing, right? You put in your notice when you're ready to put in your notice. You keep a calm, cool, collected, level head. And you do your job to the best of your ability. You get that reference that you want. And you read the reference, see if you like it, see how you feel about it because there might be an issue there, right? So if you don't say anything about what happened on Zoom and you keep it copacetic with your boss, then it won't open this can of worms that might also affect like the uh, the reference letter you want from, from this person. So before you do or say anything, yeah, put your notice in, get the reference letter, check it out. Do you like it? Does it work for you? Is there anything weird in the reference letter? Do they say anything fucked up? Is it not as great as it could be? So you get the reference letter, which might very well be exactly what you need and helpful and beneficial for your life moving forward. Great. After you get it, then is the time. Because I do think you should say something and, and you can always say, oh, thank you so much for the reference letter. And then the next day, or you know, after you're very clear on how you want to, what you want to say, because I do think it's great to come from a centered, grounded place where you have all your ducks in a row, you know exactly what you want to say, you know exactly what you're asking for and what you want out of the exchange. And then you say to them, by the way, um, a couple of weeks ago or a month back, we were on a Zoom call and I asked this question and um, it was a very simple, straightforward question. I was a little hazy because I was on maternity leave and, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to relate. You're a man. You've never had a child. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think you thought the mic was off because I overheard you saying this, that, and the other, X, Y, Z. And um, I would like to unpack that with you so I can move forward in my life, uh, you know, having a better sense of how I come across, why you may have thought that about me. Uh, because for me, I completely love this job. I came to work excited about it. It was my most important thing. Took a lot of pride in it, respected all of you. But then to hear that was a, was a bit heartbreaking and uh, con- it concerned me. And it was, you know, quite frankly, confusing. So I'd love to pick your brain about that. 
and uh, blah, blah, blah. How does that sound? That way you take care of yourself, you cover your ass, you're empowered, you take a moment to pause and reflect on what you want to say and really get clear on why you're bothered, if it really even matters to you anymore. Because you can always just be like, do I even really want to engage? Do I want to give this person power? Could I learn something about this situation? Or do I just want to think, fuck off, you fucking piece of shit? Or do you think, are you affected by what they said? Because there's a bit of you that thinks, they're right. They see me. They see me. I'm not, you know, I am this. I am that. I am not good enough. I am a fuck up. Whatever. Anyway, so that'll buy you some time to get real clear on your own. You'll get what you need from them, the reference letter. And then if you still want to talk, go for it. Do it. And it doesn't even have to be an angry thing. Just present it to them calm. This is what happened. I enjoyed working here. I would love to understand your thoughts and feelings after hearing that in the Zoom. Because it's always been my intention to do a great job and to make you and the business happy in a better place. And that way you're coming kind of from a place of curiosity. You aren't going to be accused of like being like a, oh my God, the woman, she's crazy. She's emotionally erratic, blah, blah, blah. She's so sensitive. She's always crying. No, 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 no. Let's not give them that opportunity. And I think this is the perfect way to handle your business. So I hope that helps. Kimberly, um, and whatever happens, I wish you well. Congratulations on your baby. Um, and your life into bigger and better things and to having a happy, beautiful life and a happy 2021. You know what? Even though it's a pandemic, quarantine, lockdown revolution, we should all be having a happy, beautiful 2021. Even if just emotionally, internally, quietly, spiritually, spiritually, spiritually. Um, here's my next email. All right, I'm getting into like a weird like Casey Kasem, old-timey radio presenter voice vibe, and I don't want to be here. This is not where I want to live. Jesus. Okay. Dear Love Alexi, I am a 27-year-old queer man with a boyfriend of almost three years. I wasn't sexually active until I came out at the age of 24, And I had a very brief, for lack of a better term, slut phase where I hooked up with a lot of guys for about six months until I met my current boyfriend. We basically instantly started dating and became monogamous and fell in love. The thing is now, three years in, I am realizing that I have a very strong urge to sleep with other people. I'm attracted to my boyfriend and we have a pretty healthy sex life, but I can't even go to the grocery store without fantasizing about sleeping with some cute guy that I come across. Did you hear that? Somebody slammed a door really loud. Maybe they're going through. The, maybe they're going through the same thing. It's this is a very relatable email, Kyle. Okay, but I can I can't even go to the grocery store without fantasizing about sleeping with some cute guy I come across. Part of me feels like I still have a lot of built up sexual energy that I need to use up. I don't have the chance to hook up in my. I didn't. I didn't have the chance to hook up in my late teens or early 20s. And other than those six months, I've just been with one person. 
I've talked about this with my boyfriend and we're both interested in the idea of having an open relationship. Ooh, okay. Uh, But that requires a lot of trust and setting boundaries. And we're also in the middle of a quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution. Kyle, I love you. You use my terminology and I fucking love you for it. And by the way, side note of a side note, my bangs are so long right now that I'm having a hard time reading this because I keep having to like shake my bangs out of my face. I'm two seconds away from grabbing a couple bobby pins. Um, anyway, and why are they called that? Bobby pins. Who's Bobby? Anyway, all right. Who cares? Um, back to Kyle's email and loving it. Alexi, I truly love my boyfriend and I see us spending the rest of our lives together, but I also want to experience sex with other types of people. Any advice or perspective on my situation would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely, Kyle. Kyle. Okay, here's what I think. Well, first of all, uh, kudos to you for being so aware of what you're feeling and having the willingness to talk to your partner about it. And you two have already talked about the possibility of having an open relationship. And I think you're already doing it. You know, you're talking about it. You aren't keeping this to yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. Are you kidding me? It's totally natural to find other people attractive. It doesn't mean you're not in love with your boyfriend. Um, plus if you're all cooped up and you're in lockdown quarantining with your, with your boyfriend. Yeah. When you go to the supermarket and you like lock eyes with someone else or you like see some hot babe walk by. Yeah, I get it. That happened to me the other day. I was like, and I have a crush on someone else like that I'm talking to virtually, but I, uh, but I was taking out my trash and uh, a quick aside. All right. Let me just share a little bit about me and then I'll throw it right back to you. Um, cause this is our way of bonding. Anyway, I wasn't wearing a bra. I hope that is not triggering for anybody. Uh, wasn't wearing a bra needed to take out my trash. Because I set it outside of my front door, which is a very rude thing to do. But I was like, I'm going to leave it out there for like a couple minutes just to set it outside, grab my mask. Anyway, so I was like, fuck, I got to get it out of there. So I didn't put a bra on, which is probably some kind of weird thing where I like sexually wanted to be seen in some kind of like way while I'm wearing a mask, have my like hard nipples out or something or exposed in my white V-neck. There's a lot going on there, I feel like. Anyway, um... That has nothing to do with trash. Well, maybe it does. Okay. So I took, so while I have a crush on a person who exists in the world, I was taking out my trash, walking down the stairs, and I walk past, all of a sudden this guy, this young guy, maybe he's like the boyfriend of one of my neighbors. I'm like whispering now. I'm like, anyway, you guys over here are going to tell you something. So I, I, I walk past some young, young guy, early twenties or something or mid twenties, whatever. And immediately his head turns into, (laughs) to me, like a pork chop. Like I'm watching some kind of cartoon and something in like, I, you know, like in a cartoon when somebody sees something enticing or like whatever, and all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's like they turn into, I don't know, a chicken bone or a chicken with like wavy heat waves coming off of it. 
Anyway, this dude's head his with his face, that head. Okay, it turns into like a pork chop with like waves, heat waves coming off of it. Because I'm cooped up all the time and to see a man coming towards me. I'm, and I was like, <gasps> um, so all that to say, and then I realized, wait a minute, he's not even wearing a mask. And I, I pushed that as, I, I, I didn't even realize that at first. And I'm very judgmental. If you don't wear a mask, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? Anyway, but I also, also it helped me see his face more so I could see his like lips and everything. So I was like, <gasps> in a good way. But then I was like, ooh, like what? Put a mask on. And then I was wearing my mask and I was like, oh, whoopsies, uh, coming through. Crazy lady. Oh my God. Why do I call myself crazy? It's like such a detrimental, fucked up thing to do. I've got to stop doing that. It's not okay. It's not good for me. It's not nice to myself. Anyway, I'm like, oh, crazy lady coming down with the trash. Woo. Um, how you doing? Hello. Excuse me. And he didn't even say hello. So now we've got, I went through this, like I ran the gamut of emotions is it Gambit or Gamut? I'm so confused because of the Queen's Gambit, which is such a great show, by the way. Anyway, you, can you stop interrupting me? I'm trying to tell a story on top of a story on top of answering an email. Okay. Anyway, Kyle, um, I know what it's like to find multiple people attractive is what I'm, just, what I'm trying to say. But yeah, the, uh, the emotions the other day taking out the trash and just those like seven minutes I went from hard nips wanting to be seen by someone but also kind of not wearing a mask just trying to take the trash out which is my version of cardio uh, these days seeing another human being of the opposite sex because that's what I'm into reducing him to just something sexual a sexual beast and then being upset and angry, which could also be kind of hot, that he's not wearing a mask. Maybe he needs to be punished for it. Anyway, sorry. I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay. Um, and then being hurt because he didn't even say hello. Anyway, whatever. My nipples stayed hard throughout the entire encounter. I took my trash out. I went back upstairs and I was fine. But anyway, back to you, Kyle. Here's what I think you should do. Don't beat yourself up for how you're feeling. I don't think you are. But uh, and I, And you know what? Just talk about it with your partner. Figure out what the boundaries would be, the parameters, uh, you know, use protection. What are the ground, what are you two comfortable with? Because it's not really my place to say all that matters is that the two people in a relationship, you and your boyfriend, are honest and clear and on the same page. And then you're good. And then, because it's not that easy, and then you have to just really pay attention to how you feel during this process. And also like it is a bit irresponsible to be like opening up your sex life during a pandemic. So that's, I don't know how you're going to navigate that. I would advise against it, but also I'm sure you can figure out how to do it safe with like, if you have mutual friends or, you know, get COVID tests or, you know, now is not the time. I don't think like that's not the top priority, but also I'm not going to judge you. You can tell me anything. I'm here for you. I'm just, you know, I am the big sister. You never knew you needed or wanted. So never be afraid to tell me anything. But as long, be, be as responsible as you can be as far as whoever this third party might be and getting COVID results and quarantining. And it's going to be a lot. But if you insist on doing this, whatever. Or maybe 
you can figure out the boundaries now and then do it later. If we ever have a vaccine, if, if we're ever over quarantining, if it ever ends and it will be right. Anyway, um, you have to pay attention to how you feel and then be honest and communicative if and when your feelings change. If you get a pang, like an intuitive pang, and you're like, oh, I don't like this. This bothers me. I'm not into this. I thought I was, but like, I love my boyfriend so much and I'm like getting jealous or I'm pissed or, oh no, I'm falling in love. I'm, uh, this is dangerous. I don't know. Like, or something, bo- whatever bothers you or comes up or things that you notice, pay attention to it, write it down and communicate it. Uh, as quickly as you can, but in a calm way to your partner so that, you know, so that the relationship is completely honest and that you two stay on the same page and yeah, nobody's a mind reader. So just like, you know, and things will ebb and flow and change. So it's a communication part where you have to make sure you're like, Oh, I don't want to say this. It's uncomfortable. I have to have another uncomfortable conversation. I know I said I wanted an open thing, but now I'm bothered. Now they seem to be very into it. And like, you know what I mean? So like, that's just how life is. So just, you know, be brave and keep, keep communicating your feelings um, and have a willingness to listen to theirs. And uh, I think you two are going to be okay. Whatever happens, I believe, no, no matter what happens, you two will be okay. Just... Be careful in every single way and get COVID tests and use protection and be safe and be kind. And then let me know how it goes. I want to know. Don't just leave me hanging here. You know, you give me a little bit of info. I want to know like what the next chapter is. It's like my new, oh, I've been watching The Crown. I like it. I love it sometimes. Other times I'm like, boring. It's so slow. I'm just trying to watch it to get to season four. I'm on season three. I need to get to season four. I want to know about Princess Diana and all this stuff, eating disorders, weirdness, uh, whatever, Charles, Prince Charles. I want to know all about all that. And then I was thinking today how when Princess Diana, spoiler alert, real life spoiler alert, when she died in that car accident being chased by paparazzi, um, that was the night my first boyfriend, not first boyfriend, but my first real love boyfriend guy who I lost my virginity to, that was the night we broke up, the night Princess Diana died. And I'll never forget that. Isn't that interesting how like everybody has their story of like where they were when something happened and it's a ripple effect. We're all connected and everything, you know, we all affect one another. Anyway, I'm going to get to another email. Final two emails of the episode. Speaking of British people, I'm going to have another sip of my English breakfast tea. Oof. All right. Didn't even get me started on the 101 Cafe closing or Cafe 101 closing in Los Angeles. It's one of my favorite diners that is so important to me. There's so much sentimental uh, attachment to this place, the 101 Cafe. I'll get to that after I read this email. Oof. Anyway, 
It's closing. It's permanently closed because of pandemic. Dear Lexi, I need your help, please. I'm a 22-year-old single female and feel like I've hit rock bottom. Life used to be so easy. I thought I knew exactly what I wanted from life. Just a little over a year ago, I had a full-time job as a personal assistant making bank. All caps for the word bank, by the way. Anyway, back to the email. Alexi, uh, I lived on my own in a big city. I was going to school part-time. I had a loving boyfriend who I do everything with and have never been healthier both mentally and physically in my life. Flash forward to current me. After my breakup with said loving boyfriend, I decided to pack up my life and move states away uh, into my older sister and her family's home, which is located in a small countryside conservative town that has nothing but factories and a population of 2,000 people. Just a few months ago uh, after moving, or just a few months after moving in August, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and passed away this October. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Uh, Alexi, I now work making close to minimum wage at an animal hospital and have never felt more lost in life. I'm the heaviest I've ever been and the saddest. I feel like I've lost everything, including myself. I know I'm young, but I had big dreams and a passion to be successful in life. I felt like I was going somewhere and doing something with myself. Everyone was so proud, and my mom was my biggest support. Now I find it hard to even get out of bed. I hate everything. Seriously, everything. I'm back in school, but I don't even know what I'm going for. I hate where I live. I despise my job, and I miss my mom. Life seriously sucks. I miss myself. Any thoughts or advice? What would you do? XO Samantha. Oh my goodness, Samantha. Thank you for your email. I am so sorry about your mom. I'm so sorry. Oof. You are 22 years old. Well, yes, you are so young, but that doesn't take away the fact or diminish the pain you're experiencing and the discomfort and the suffering. And I get it. And I I will say that this is 22. I mean, you're asking me what I would do and my thoughts and advice on this. And I just think, I think from my own experience, I was the most emotional in my life. Very, I mean, my teen years and my early 20s, I was the most emotional then. So 22, you're going through a lot. You're processing a lot, your breakups and, the, and your mother passing away. And sometimes all you can do is just do what you can do on a day-to-day basis. Put one foot in front of the other, cry as much as you can, sleep as much as you can, eat, keep your blood sugar up. And maybe that sounds silly, but there's like a phrase called HALT, H-A-L-T. And it's a way to check in with yourself if you're not feeling very good. And it's Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? So always make sure you get enough sleep. Eat food. Don't skip meals because when you're starving, it just exasperates, you know, it just heightens everything else and it'll make you feel worse. And just take the time you need, you know. Time is probably the thing that's going to help most with accepting the loss of your mom and maybe you'll never accept that but just like you know greet the grieving process you know 
cry, write her a letter, write in your journal. Yeah, write a letter to your mom, everything you want to say. Know that, I mean, this might be irritating to some and maybe, you know, I am a spiritual person. I'm culturally Jewish. I'm into astrology. I don't go to church, but I am a spiritual person and I talk to something, you know, there's, I believe in something bigger than myself. Um, some kind of magical spirit of the universe, whatever you want to call it, God, whatever, you know, um, I do believe in something. So I do, if I were you, I would, I would write my mom a letter and I would, I would just know that she's looking down on me. She's looking and watching me from afar as if like an angel protecting me and guiding me and loving me. And she will live forever in your heart. And the greatest gift you can give to her and yourself is to be kind and loving to yourself and to remember who you are, what you want, what you're capable of, um, and honor her. And she made you, you know, you are one of her biggest gifts to the world is creating you. And start, and this is not selfish, this is to like get you back into a healthy place and get excited about life again and and turn the loss in the morning into, it's hard to say because I, I get it, I'm not trying to like you take your time. This is not, I'm just, just, I'm just trying to give you as many ideas as possible, but use the loss and the morning to propel you forward and remind yourself through like gentle journaling and list making all the things that, that would make you happy, that do excite you, that do inspire you, whether it's books you want to read, movies you want to watch, places you want to travel to when traveling is safe to do, jobs, whether, I don't know what, what, what you enjoy doing. I don't know if you take, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm just like freestyling this, but like, if you like taking photos, painting, drawing, if you are in law school, if you, I, I don't know what you're going to school for, but like now is the time to kind of reassess everything and get quiet with yourself. Speak to your mom through thoughts and prayer and meditation and, and journaling and writing her a letter that's like a symbolic way to communicate with her and communicate your your feelings and everything you want to everything you want to say to her. And then also get quiet with yourself and just figure out like what would be a nice thing. What's the next step for you? That would bring you joy. And would make your mom proud and because she wants you to be happy and to thrive. I'm just going to speak for her right now. She wants you to be happy and she wants you to thrive. And I don't know what you're studying in school. I don't know if maybe that'll be inspiring if you continue doing that or if now is the time to reassess and be like, what do I, I, know, what do I really want to be doing this? And maybe I would change my major or maybe I want to change some classes or maybe I'll do this and I'll tweak my, my schedule. But... Like I said earlier, and this is a very, we're comparing, you know, uh, apples and oranges, but when I have no appetite and I, but I know I need to eat to nourish myself, I will eat something that just tastes really good and is very like enticing. I'm not going to eat kale. I'm not going to eat kale and broccoli, even though I do like broccoli actually. 
but I eat something like fun that makes me go, yeah, fuck, I want to eat that. Okay, yeah, 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 I'll eat that, I'll eat that. Even though I'm like, you know, the idea of eating is difficult, but uh, that looks fun. So in a way, you kind of need to do that for your happiness and be like, well, well, this looks kind of cool. Maybe, you know, just do things that are kind, that make you happy, distract yourself a bit. And I'm not saying you should check out emotionally or mentally. You should definitely feel of your feelings. And it sounds like you are. But while you are taking the time, while you take the time to ground yourself and to honor all of your feelings and get to and get very clear on what it is you're feeling, as clear as you can, because you know, again, time will tell, more will be revealed, more will be revealed. You also should do fun, cozy things, whether it's like watching movies that immediately just give you, just make you feel cozy and loved and, and safe. Just pamper yourself. For me, that's, you know, bubble baths. Bubble baths, ordering a, a pizza. Uh, don't worry about your weight right now. I know I'm like telling you to order pizza and you're, telling, you're like, Alexi, I don't like my body right now. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Well, my mom said something to me one time. I think her mom said it to her. One of the women in my family said it. Uh, and they said, Alexi, if you hate your body, why would you ever expect it to do anything for you? Why, Alexi, if you hate your body, why would you ever expect it to do anything nice for you? And I was like, oh, yeah. And when I stopped hating myself and hating my body and being so critical of myself, I noticed that the weight kind of fell away, especially the psychic weight. And like, you don't need to be beating up on yourself for like all these things. Now you don't just, again, this is an episode of the podcast that's coming out on a day where I was kind of stagnant. So I, you know, and this is not uh, what you're going through, but as far as talking about stagnation and needing to like get a fire kind of lit under your ass to like enhance your mood, talking in those terms which a lot of people can relate to because, you know, we're all in this together where it's like leveled the playing field of like, oh, you know, being isolated, alone, lonely, depression pops up, feelings of like, you know, wanting physical touch and wanting to be with people that we can't be with or just feeling anxiety and stress and all the uncertainty and all this stuff. And then you're, you're dealing with that and the loss of your mom and hormonal coming of age emotions as well. So just get out of bed, do the next right step, which means just keep, keep it moving. You get out of bed, you get eight hours to 10 hours to 12 hours of sleep, but then you get out of bed, you make your coffee or whatever it is that brings you coziness and joy. You bathe because that really does affect your mood. It's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe how much that can really take you to a new level of, uh, of happiness in your day um, where you don't wallow and like, you know, stewing in your own juices, just fucking wearing your sweatpants, getting disgusting by the minute. Um, you know, take a shower, take a bath, take a bubble bath, take an Epsom salt bath, brush your hair, you know, pamper yourself, moisturize your beautiful skin, baby. Put on some mascara, fake it till you make it but you are still surrendering and honoring all your feelings. I know that's important and you are and you will be. 
put some pants on, walk into your living room, and then only you know. Write that list of the thing, doing what things you could do that could make you happy. Go on a walk. Go on a walk with somebody in your in your pod, not a podcast in your in your quarantine pod. Or go on a walk by yourself if that's safe to do during the day, wearing your mask and gloves or whatever it is you wear. And get you know get some get some endorphins going and mood enhancing you know chemicals you know, forming naturally in your system and your brain. And otherwise, besides that, I'm giving you a huge cyber hug, a huge virtual podcast loving hug. And I want to let you know that you're not alone. You are absolutely not alone. And time will make things better. I promise you will get through this. And if you need any more thoughts, feelings, advice, or ideas about how to feel better or anything else that that you're struggling with or thinking about, just send me as many emails as you want to. Send me a voice note, whatever, and I will get to it on the next podcast. Because, uh, And thank God for you and even emailing me because you even reaching out to me reminds me, oh... I'm not alone either. Other people, they're struggling in their own way. And we're all in this together, whether it's like everybody's going broke, being evicted, sick in the hospital, losing loved ones, feeling lonely, just... You're not alone. I'm not alone. And I'm sending you so much love. And we're all going to get through this together, I promise. Okay, I'm going to get to the final email of today's podcast. And again, send me your emails. If you're listening and uh, I would love to get your emails, send them to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. My email, uh, you can also just click the email button on my Instagram page at Alexi Wasser. Donate to the show via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. whatever, tag me on an Instagram post and I will story it and reshare it and just, you know, let's all know that we're together in this and we're all connected and whatever. Anyway, dear Alexi, happy new year. I'm a new Love Alexi listener and I'm happy to reconnect with you after having read your blogs years ago. You have such a calming presence and I appreciate your advice. Sometimes I feel like you could be my internal monologue. Here's the issue at hand for which I need advice. My partner of two and a half years and I decided to break up before the holidays. Our breakup conversation was initiated because while borrowing his jacket, oh my God, I need to, I need to sip my, my tea for this. Hold on. Oh boy. Okay. Cliffhanger. While borrowing his jacket, Alexi, I found cocaine in his pocket. He is a recovering addict and had prior to then been sober since before we met. He said he had been unhappy for a while, and while our relationship wasn't at the core of his unhappiness, it was a part of it. In the previous months, I had had a serious conversation with him about moving forward with our relationship and let him know I wanted to be married and have a family and give him a rough timeline of wanting that to happen in the next five years. This was a big deal for me to even set a timeline because it freaks me out to adhere to timelines too. But I was trying to be clear with him 
about what I had been thinking um, and about and about what I want from our relationship in the future. In reply to that, he said he wanted a family too and even said he was happy I brought up the conversation. In our breakup conversation a few months later, he let me know that he didn't know if that's what he wanted, at least not in the next five years. It was obvious he was conflicted and lost and maybe felt boxed in. And most importantly, he didn't feel comfortable sharing his developing thoughts with me in the time between. After we broke up and I fled his parents' house where we had originally planned to spend Thanksgiving together and went to spend the holidays with my own family, it left me time to really think about my relationship with him in between panic attacks and crying, thinking about the daunting task of starting over. Part of me felt excited too. I was single for many years before I met him. I dated pretty frequently, but wasn't interested in anything serious throughout my 20s. And I'm no stranger to independence and solitude. Sometimes I like it. And I've been looking for an opportunity to better connect with my hobbies and interests and to find a career that better uses my talents. I found a one bedroom apartment on my old block in the neighborhood I love. And I began preparing to move out of our shared apartment in New York. We had a very little, we had very little contact between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that was something I told him I wanted, that I just wanted time to think away from him, knowing it would be really easy to fall back into creature comforts, and this would make me sad. It would make everything harder. We did talk once about the logistics of moving, and I asked him for help. He has a car, and I'm working on a very tight budget, so didn't want to hire a moving company. Anyway... So we agreed he would be back for a few days in the apartment to help with those things. Fast forward to a few days ago, Alexi, when I arrived back in the apartment, I had written a long letter to him that was extremely emotional to write. I let him know about some behaviors I had been noticing, i.e. being very closed off to me when he usually isn't, lack of interest in his passions and hobbies, weight gain and poor diet, and how I thought it contributed to the decline of his mental health and his relapse. Alexi, this was really hard for me to do. I didn't read the letter to him fully, but it was really helpful to have me organize out my thoughts and ideas and use them as an outline for a serious conversation with him. I also acknowledged a lot of issues in myself that contributed to the deterioration of our relationship. I avoided serious conversations with him about his mental health and addiction, about our future and taking next steps because I was really terrified of what he might say and what those revolutions, sorry, what those revelations might lead to a breakup, heartache, grief, etc. What came out of our conversation was really clarifying and even beautiful. I learned a lot more about him and I could tell he was really trying to push himself to be completely open with me. He said he was happy that I was getting my own space and has been really supportive throughout the moving process, which has been extremely emotional. The other side of the coin is that it's pretty clear he knows he made a mistake in ending the relationship and he has regrets. To the surprise of both of us, we had a conversation yesterday about how relationships are not always linear and maybe we need this time apart. Hello, 12-month studio apartment lease uh, to work on ourselves, Alexi, and find out what we want, reconnect with sobriety and confront mental health issues, etc. so we can be better partners to each other. These are things I know I cannot do for him and I don't want to 
I don't want to get sucked into the work he really needs to be doing for himself, but I do believe he can make good change this year if he tries. He basically said, this doesn't have to be sad. I'm still here if I want him to be. He said he understands why I might want to move on and respects that. It's hard to hear this because I still really love him. And while there are difficulties, we bring out some of the best qualities in each other. When it's good with him, I feel supported and inspired and loved. I love his family as if they were my own. We really built something great together, but we're not examining but we were not examining the smaller toxic problems that built and built until it all broke. Basically, I'm not against the idea of getting back together with him at some point, but I want to give myself space and time to figure out exactly what I want in life. I've been thinking about your oxygen mask metaphor. Uh, by the way, what she's speaking about is when you get on an airplane, this is Alexi speaking, when you get on an airplane, they tell you put the oxygen mask over your face before you put the oxygen mask over your baby's face, your child's face, because you can't help anybody else until you help yourself. Anyway, back to the letter. Anyway, um, so I've been thinking about your oxygen mask metaphor and to really reflect on our relationship. And it would probably be healthy for me to try dating again. Regardless of what conclusions that conversation brought us to, it's clear we need time apart to work on ourselves. It will be really important for me to be clear with him about what I will not accept in a relationship and for us to build a better base for trust and communication, whatever the outcome of this. Alexi, is my train of thought with this on track? Am I being a doormat? I would love to know your thoughts. Thanks for reading this. Best wishes for 2021. Signed, Molly. Molly, you sound great. You sound completely on track. I love everything you're saying. If anything, you're also tapping into a very beautiful thing and being very logical. And you're like, Hey, I like being alone. I'm happy to have my space. I, you know, I was good beforehand. I'm going to be good again. I love it. Now here's the thing. As long as you continue to be honest with yourself, I don't know if you're drinking or not, because sometimes that can be dangerous when you're going through a breakup and then you're like, oh, I'm feeling great. And you're like sober and not drinking or on drugs or whatever. But then you have like some alcohol and then all of a sudden you're making horrible decisions for yourself. Um, so hopefully you won't be making any horrible decisions that come out of uh, being intoxicated and uh, whatever. Oh. But Molly, what I would say is I don't, I don't, okay. I don't love the fact that he's like, well, you know, I think I made a mistake and I regret, I'm still here, you know, we'll take the time, but I'm still here if you want. Like, I don't know. It's a little bit murky. Oh yeah. Relationships aren't linear. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. We get it. Relationships can be whatever they are. There's no guidebook. There's no rule book. Um, to each their own. There are a million different examples of how a relationship can be, how a relationship can go. But I will say this. If you're broken up, and you've decided and you've moved and signed a 12-month lease, um, be broken up. And I think it's, this is my opinion. You do whatever you want to do, obviously, obviously. Um, but I like the idea of you, again, uh, and this goes for everybody, reevaluating what you want for your life, for your happiness, for your goals, Um you know, what kind of relationship you want to have, whoever that might be with. Making your new home a nice, cozy place that brings you joy. 
that you feel safe in and happy in. And he's got his own stuff to do. He's got, he had a relapse and he also said that he's not on the same page and it terrifies him of the five-year plan. Now the whole five-year plan, I don't know. I'm confused. It's so funny. I said that to a boyfriend at one point, uh, an ex, one of my many exes. Um, I said something like, yeah, my plan is I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I want to get pregnant by this date and then I'll have the baby on this date and blah, blah, blah. Um, well, who's laughing now? The universe is laughing at me because yeah. It didn't go that way. It did not go that way. So I don't know. I guess I'm more of like, uh, I don't know. I don't, whatever. I'm going to throw it back to you. But uh, it's, you get clear on what you want and that's all you can do. Take care of yourself. And when things feel murky and vague and confusing and uncomfortable, listen to that feeling and yeah, pay attention to it and don't go towards that. So if all of a sudden, you're, oh my God, if, you, if you're getting back together with him or you're sleeping together again and then now there's like no labels and that makes you feel uncomfortable because these are, the, these are the things that can happen. No. Uh, you live together, now you're apart. Now you're living separately. Yeah, you could date. You could date or you could commit to the breakup that you two decided was right and he could work on himself and you can work on yourself and that is it. And, and don't get confused and sloppy and murky. I think that would be the best thing for you. And it will be, it will definitely be sad. Fuck yeah, it'll be sad. You're used to him. It's like having an arm chopped off. You know what I mean? Like creature comforts, exactly like what you said. But stay busy. Stay busy. Take care of yourself. Put that oxygen mask over yourself. You can't help him. He needs to get clear on what he wants because he seems unclear. And... He had a relapse. That's none of your business. That's for him to take care of. And if it doesn't, if that doesn't work for you and that, that's not what you want for your life, great. I get it. And you can't save him. You can't rescue him. You can't fix him. You can't do the work he needs to do on himself. And this is an opportunity to go back to the drawing board for yourself and what will make you happy and what you want for your life and your 2021 and your Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and so on uh, of your life on a day-to-day basis. And there you go. Everybody can do that. Go back to the drawing board and get quiet with themselves and get grounded in who they are and what they want. And like, it's hard to look at yourself and, and be honest with yourself and be like, what do I want? And also it's ever changing. And then you have to be honest about that. Just like the you know, Kyle and, and the couple wanting an open relationship. Okay, cool. You just have to keep checking in, keep being honest with yourself And then there you go. Life, it never stops until you die. And then who knows what happens? Who knows? Um, Yeah. Anyway, I feel good about all of that. These were fucking fantastic emails. Um, And with that, I'm going to land this plane. And I want to tell all of you, thank you for your emails. I'll see you on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. I'll see your emails and I'll read them. Dear love Alexi at (laughs) gmail.com. But the most important thing I have to tell you is this. I love you. Now get the fuck out of here, my babies. Okay. (laughs)